0: Facebook.com slash Radio Detectives. Remember, when you're thinking about a gift, check out store.greatdetectives.net. There you can pick up all of my paperback books, which make great gifts, as well as audiobooks and ebooks, which are great digital stocking stuffers, including my uh, superhero comedy novel series, Starting with Tales of the Dim Night, my uh, first detective novel slum incorporated and all i needed to know i'll learn from colombo or all i needed to know i learned from dragnet that's at store.greatdetectives.net well now it's time for today's episode of richard diamond the original air date september the 24th 1949 and this one is the two hundred thousand dollar bundle
1: Here's another in NBC's great parade of new shows. Now, Dick Powell as Richard Diamond, private detective. Hello there, this is
2: Diamond. You know, this business I'm in can get pretty silly sometimes. I can go along for a whole month and get by on nothing but meals at the automat and a dozen laughs a day. The funny ones usually pay just as well as the tough ones. But eventually, somebody starts something that's about as funny as an open grave. So then I put on a long face and start carrying my 38. I don't worry about those times because I don't think about them. I just know they'll be around and I know I won't have to bother about it unless I get my hundred a day in expenses. That's, uh, the equalizer. As long as I get that ever-loving loot in my little hot hand, Lucifer can walk in with a machine gun and I'll arm-wrestle him for the price of a hot dog. Last week I stopped in the middle of a real yocker and realized that I'd been giggling overtime. That's right. The cycle had caught up with me. And the label on my future had changed from fun time to trouble. And no guarantee as to the date of expiration. Uh, what started all this? Well, one morning on 53rd Street, a couple of guys were just pulling up in front of a garage. Mr. the garage? Yeah. Go on, drive in. Here comes a guy. Yeah. This is big luck for us. The guy coming is the guy I want. I don't want he should see me yet, so you keep talking to him and I'll get out this side. Tell him to look at the motor or something. Something I can do for you, mister? Yeah, take a look at the motor. It's been missing. Sounds all right. It don't drive like it sounds, so take a look at it. Okay, sure. I'll race it once. Huh? I said race at once. He don't hear so well. Huh? Hello, Billy boy. Where did you come from? How did you get here? One at a time, Billy. I came in the car, got out the other side. You're looking good, Billy. Real good. What do you want? How did you find me? Can't you ask just one simple question? You get so all mixed up, Billy. Look, leave me alone, please. Sure, Billy, I'll leave you alone. (laughs) All alone, you (laughs) louse. Diamond Detective Agency, our 30-day test revealed that not one single case of throat irritation was due to strangling.
3: Oh,
4: Rick, you're awful.
2: Oh, how can you say that? I'm lovely, I'm engaged, now you steal wool. Oh,
4: you idiot.
2: Ah, you Pete. Hello, honey. Hi. Am
4: I going to see you tonight? Sure, what do we do? You get here about eight, I'll think of something.
2: Oh, let's stay in. I've got that awful broke feeling again.
4: Oh, is business bad, Rick?
2: Well, it's pretty bad, but it gives me a chance to get some exercise. Exercise? Yeah, I found a Japanese beetle in the desk the other day. Been giving me judo lessons.
4: I'll just pretend I didn't hear that.
2: Don't knock it. Vaudible's on the way back.
4: Leave it alone. Let it live. Helen. I'll see
2: you about eight. Uh, uh, Wait a minute, honey. I think I forgot to shut something off. People are running in. Clients? I'll find out. Oh, uh, would one of you gentlemen mind dropping a few hundred dollar bills on the floor? Well? Uh, I'll call you right back. I don't think they're spendthrifts.
4: All right,
2: Rick. Bye. Bye, honey. Well, now, lads, what can I do for you? Your name Diamond? Yeah. Would you mind closing the door? I've got a beetle that'll break my arm if he catches cold. Hey, this guy's screwy, boss. Shut the door like he says. You got a beetle, huh, funny man? Yeah, and I'll bet you eight to five he can throw you. Well, if you have got a beetle, he must be running around your head, but I ain't got time to find out. You know something? I I don't think we're going to get along. You may be right, funny man. It depends. On what? And whether or not you turn the bundle over to me. Look, rockerhead, if you're looking for your laundry, you got the wrong bend. I don't like the way this guy talks. Now, but first we ask him nice. We want the bundle, funny man. You just said that. I say it again for you. Then if you don't get it, I make you understand. Like how? You couldn't point out Clyde Beard in a lion cage. Here it is. Now try hard. I want the bundle. I know this will throw you, but what Bundle. He's going to be difficult, boss. Shut up. Look, Shamus. some of my friends think I'm kind of good-natured, but sometimes I fool them and get nasty. You should be ashamed of yourself. You want to know what bundle? I tell you. Maybe you snap out of it. The bundle the dame gave you, the 200,000. 200, 200,000? 200,000 what? Girdles? That does it. Vern, see why the shamus is lying. Now, wait a minute, buster. You go on the muscle with me, and I'll tear off your biceps and stuff them in your fat face. Fine. Yeah? Oh, nuts. Why is it that 38 always changes my mind, and I want it to be so virile? I'm going to use this, gun unless you tell us where you got the 200 Now, this is getting silly.
3: No, it ain't. It's
2: oh. getting bloody, see? Hey. Now, what's going on? I told you, funny man. I want what you got. Well, what I got hurts, and you're welcome to it. You sure asked for it. Oh, come on. You save your head from getting squashed, and me and Vern save a lot of time. Where well, you got the dough? Look, I didn't know what you were talking about when you started, and I'm just as stupid now. You are that funny, man. Vern? Hey, wait, now. oh, oh. A gun barrel can cut you up pretty bad. Do you want to see how bad, or do you want to tell us? You think I like the massage? I tell you, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't like to be kept waiting, you. I don't like it none, see? Now you spill your gut, so my boy chops you up like hamburger. Open your yap and sing. Sing, you hear me? Okay, but you won't like it. I can begin to tell close you. Close this lousy mouth. Close it good. Me. Uh, I knew you wouldn't like it. Oh!
3: Oh! Oh.
2: Now, funny man, you got a wise crack? You gonna still make like a hero? Answer me, funny man, or I step on your face. Boss. Shut up. But boss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you want? He don't hear you. He's out. Huh? Oh. Uh. Well, what did you sat so hard for, stupid? Maybe you turned him off for good. Nah. He'll be around in a couple of minutes. Then I can work on his ribs. He'll tell us where he's got the dough. Ah, uh, I don't know. I don't know. You don't know what? He's got the dough. You sure know that. Yeah, the dame says she'd give it to him. You think uh, maybe she crossed you? You think she skipped? I think maybe we'd better find out. This Shamus is pretty stubborn and pretty clean. I think we find out. How? You watch. I'll search the joint, then we'll get out of here. What about the shamus? Ah, you'll make it all right. I want him around for a while. After we find the dough, you can put him back to sleep. Mr. Diamond? Mr. Diamond? Hmm? Mr. Diamond, wake up. Oh, it's all right, honey. I'm not coming in.
4: Mr. Diamond, wake up.
2: Mm hmm. Oh, oh. Oh, what a nice sweater.
4: How do you feel?
2: Well, a quick comparison might be a garter snake and a log jam.
4: You don't look very comfortable. Why don't you sit up?
2: Afraid my eyes might fall out.
4: Oh. Better?
2: Yeah, yeah. No any shaggy dog stories? I could use a laugh.
4: How did you get like this?
2: It wasn't easy. How long have I been here?
4: I just came in. I was going to call the police when you started mumbling mumbling? Yeah, she said something like, oh, it's not so late, honey. Can I come in for a drink? <laughs> you must have been dreaming.
2: Uh, I'm glad I woke up. She probably didn't have a drink in the house anyway. Uh, pardon me, honey, but i got to run some water over my bumps.
4: You don't look so bad, considering.
2: Oh, well, considering what? Do people get run over by trucks every day?
4: And you start feeling better. I'd like to talk business.
2: Well, well with business, I straighten right up. What's on your mind? Oh, that sweater.
4: I want you to guard something for me.
2: Why? You're the type that goes bear hunting with a switch.
4: Is that supposed to be nasty? Well,
2: take a guess. I just get mauled up by two gorillas, and before they get nasty, they mention some dame and some money, and you know anything about it? Why should I? Well, I wake up, and there you are. I thought maybe you stopped by to see if the boys get a gold star for the work.
4: I don't know anything about it. Now, do you mind if I sit down? No, no.
2: I'm sorry. I haven't got anything more comfortable. Termites just walked out of my couch. What do you want guided, lover?
4: I can't tell you what it is, but it's in a locker at the 42nd Street subway. I want you to pick it up and keep it with you until I call for it. I
2: get 100 a day in expenses, and I don't know what I'm doing. The fee looks like a skyrocket.
4: Here's $500. Mm-hmm. When I pick up the uh, item, you get $500 more. Ooh. And I'll be back in two days.
2: Well, I was going to start looking for the guys who gave me this headache, but $1,000 makes me impatient. <laughs> You, uh, uh, got the key to the locker?
4: Yeah, right here. By the way, do you work nights, Mr. Diamond?
2: Well, not in the office. Don't you think I ought to know your name?
4: You get the item, and I'll introduce myself in two days. And I do keep a drink in the house, Mr. Diamond.
2: She got up then and walked out of the room like Eve with half an apple. I put some iodine on my face and headed for the 42nd Street subway. All the way down, I kept thinking about those two mugs who had worked me over, and for the life of me, I couldn't guess why. I didn't know it then, but if I could have guessed, it probably would be for the life of me. I reached the subway and went down. I found the locker, opened it, reached in and pulled out a small black leather bag with a lock on it. Out of curiosity, I tested the weight and finally decided I must be guarding a sack full of spiderwebs. I tucked it under my arm and turned to go. But sometimes things don't always work out the way you plan them. Okay, Shamus. Let's have the bag. Oh, what well, am I ever gonna make Eagle Scout? I should have smelled something. Hello, Vern. I'm in a hurry. If you're wise crack, you get dead. Give me the bag. Where's your friend? Out collecting heads? I guess I gotta kill you. We well, guess again, here's the bag. Okay. I should make a hole in you just because you ain't honest. You had to dough all the time. You mean in that bag? Oh, now, don't tell me it ain't in it. Well, if it is, Buster, it's all in one bill. Feel the weight. Hey, it is too light. Why, you lousy, no-good gumshoe. This time, I don't play around. Frank wants that dough, and you're going to show me where it is. Oh, I wish you'd get yourself a twenty-two. Those big guns make dents in my back. I'm going to count three. And you're going to tell me where the dough is, or I'll kill you all over the place. You couldn't make it a hundred, could you? It's so much fun when you pass 50. Be funny. You're only killing one guy. One. This never happened when I went on next to closing. Two. Oh, now wait a minute, Lord. You look. It's Your last chance. Robert Byrne, you're boxed up. Hey, who's that? The Marines. Why, you dirty <laughs> Rick. Rick, are you all right? Oh, Walt, I know you're bashful about these things, but you're going to be kissed. Oh, now stop that. Otis, have your boys keep the crowd back. All right, all right, keep back. Come on. What about the gunner? You shot him good, Lieutenant. Well, I'm glad you noticed your mallet head. Now, what about it? He's dead. How did you find that out? Twenty questions? Oh, yeah. Well, I guess we saved your life this time. Well, I hope I can do the same for you sometime, Sergeant, but science will hate me. Oh. Now, don't you start blubbering again, Otis. I couldn't stand it. Go get the wagon like a good boy. Okay, Lieutenant. Now, what's this all about, Rick? Believe me, Walt, I don't know. How did you get here? We got a call from a dame about ten minutes ago. Said you were coming down here and some guy was going to kill you. Well, well, well. Now, don't you well, well, well me. I want to know what this is all about. Let's get on to headquarters and I'll tell you just what I know. Roy, well, are you coming? You, you mean you're going to cooperate? Well, certainly. Oh, this What's the matter, Walt? I feel a little faint. Would you mind helping me up the stairs? I think I've been working too hard. and I left the subway and headed for the 5th Precinct Police Station. On the way over, I told him about the girl and about the two hoods who had worked me over in my office. When we reached the station, he shoved the rogues' gallery at me and I started going through the miles of photographs. Well, the guy we shot in the subway was one Vern Geronda, small-time torpedo, but we can't find out anything else. Can't you find the other one in any of those pictures? Well, I've looked through them all. All I know is his name is Frank. Maybe he hasn't got a record. Here, try this stack. Dates back to the year one. Well, you can bet on one thing, Walt. The girl who called you was the girl who was in my office. She was the only one who knew I was going down to the locker in the subway. But how did she know this Vern Geronda was going after you? Well, she must have known he was going to tail me and that he was after something. Something that could have been in that black bag. It was a plant because she knew it was empty. I think she'd planned that when when this Vern caught me with an empty bag, he'd get rough enough to shoot and if you were there, you'd have to stop him. You mean she wanted him dead? Well, that's my guess. Dead or in jail, but out of the way. I have 200,000s probably behind it. What? Uh, you find something? Yeah. This is the other guy who came into the office. Yeah? Let's see. Hey, what do you think you're doing? What's the matter with you? This is the man. You're crazy. Now you listen to me. If you're trying to start one of those routines oh, again... Oh, now wait a minute. You asked me to pick out the hood that was in my office, and this is the boy. A little younger, maybe, but you know darn well I wouldn't make a mistake on identification. This is screwy. This is ridiculous. Where's my bicarbonate? Oh, what is wrong with you? Rick, that's Frank Purcell, and he's been dead for two years. What? Oh, wasn't he the guy who went over a 50-foot cliff with his whole gang? That's right. The car burned. The only guy they didn't find in the wreck was Billy Crump. He disappeared completely. Well, this one got out of it, too, and stayed around long enough to pay me a visit this morning. And his first name was Frank. That's impossible. The boys chased them right after the holdup and shot out one of their tires. Watched the car go over and saw it turn. Didn't they knock over the payroll at the Martin shipyard? Sure, got away with 200... Uh, 200,000 dollars. Lieutenant. Huh? Oh, yeah. What is it? Uh, on that killing down at the garage. That that guy was just identified as being wanted for armed robbery. Killing? Yeah, pretty bad. Somebody shot up a guy that worked in the place. Who was it? Her name was Crump. What? Yeah, Billy Crump. Stuck up some shipyard about two years back. Oh, shut up. Oh, I was only telling okay, you... Okay, okay, what else, Honor? He has a wife, lives at 64th Street, apartment 205. That's all. Well, don't just stand there, you applehead. Go get the car. Oh, oh, oh yeah, Come on, Rick. I'm waiting. All right. All right, I apologize. Oh, you really don't have to, Walt. I was as confused as you were. Was? But you're not now? No, I don't think so, Walt. But let's get over to see Mrs. Crump. She can do a lot of straightening out. I hope Mrs. Crump is in Oh, uh, I forgot to tell you, Lieutenant She calls herself Stewart, Mrs. Edna Stewart What? Yeah, her husband used her alias instead of Crump Oh, well, that's all right, Sergeant Maybe when you start pounding a beat again, you'll think of those little things Uh, 205, wasn't it, Walt? How about it, Sergeant? It was 205, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, Lieutenant. 205. That was it. I remember. Uh, I might make a few more. Shut up, Uh, Walt. Hold it down. I'm sorry. Otis. Yeah, Lieutenant. Shut up. Here it is, Walt. I'll give it a knock. Go ahead. Mm, Looks like no score. Try the door. Why, Walt? Without a warrant. Now don't you start that again. If Frank Purcell is still alive, we're going to grab that 200 grand. We've got to work fast. Besides, I'm not trying the door. You are. Well, it's open, unstained, and honest. I suppose you'd like me to trip you just so you can say you fell in by mistake. Oh, come on. Pick up your big feet, Otis. That would be hard even for Samson. Oh, yeah. Now you listen to me, wise guy. I'm getting sick and tired. Oh, holy cow, and It's a body. Rick, how about it? White, Mrs. Crump. Mrs. Crump, Mrs. Stewart, the girl in my office this morning, no difference. I figured she might be the one in your office when I heard Crump had a wife. She must have had the 200 grand and Purcell killed her for it. Well, you can bet the cash wasn't in the apartment because she was too smart to keep it here. Well, yeah, there are no signs of a struggle. And the way she's lying, she was probably sitting at this desk. Uh, writing pad on the desk, Lieutenant. Keep your paws off of it. Uh, she was writing something. Hmm. Went through to the bottom sheet. Now, yeah, numbers. Otis, Start casing the place and have a conscience when you pass the icebox. Uh, okay, Lieutenant. Too many numbers for a phone. Walt, Walt, what are we looking for? sale uh, on the two hundred thousand. Okay. Now we don't know where Purcell is, but that two hundred thousand had to cool off until Crump could spend it. So? Now, where would be the safest place to keep that much cash? The numbers. Safety deposit box. You have just won yourself, Sergeant Otis. I should cut my throat first. Now, it's a cinch Purcell has gone down to the safety deposit box. Hey, I found a couple of plane tickets, Lieutenant, and it looked like they'd started to pack. Yeah, let me see them. Uh Uh-huh, two for Mexico City and good for the first. That ties it. Would you mind whispering in my ear or am I asking too much? Walt, when Mrs. Crump came to my office, she made it very clear she'd be back in two days. That's the first of the month. I don't know how long she'd been there before I woke up, but she was interested in my office, and she was coming back in two days. Now, if she wanted to hide something, the best place would be somewhere that had already been searched. Uh, uh Otis, you think you could dig up a safety deposit box under the name of Crump or Stewart? Here's the number. Well, I can try, Stout fellow. Now, Walt, if Frank Purcell did kill the girl and then headed for the deposit box, I don't think he found much. And the only other person that Mrs. Crump contacted and that he suspects is uh, yours truly. Uh-huh. And he'll tell you or worse. I hope so. But I want 10 minutes alone in my office before he catches up. Now what is get going and call me at my place. Right. Now, Walt, I'm going to walk around for about half an hour and see if I can pick up a tail. Then I'll lead him to my office. I'll get there at uh, exactly 2:30. You get there 10 minutes later. I think I'm going to need help. I still wish I knew what you were up to. Now, as soon as Otis finds that deposit box and tells me if Mrs. Crump was at the bank around 11 this morning, I'll tell you the whole thing, and if I'm lucky enough to stay alive, you'll have Frank Purcell to fill in the details. I left Walt and started walking. If Purcell was after me, he was too smart to let me spot him, so I just kept going until I'd used up the half hour, and I was on my way up to my office. Purcell wouldn't follow right away, so that gave me the ten minutes I wanted. I went in and looked around. Nothing had changed. Desk, chair behind and chair in front. Small closet with sink, hat rack and bookcase. I went to work on the bookcase first. Nothing. So I took the desk apart. I kept going. Closet, under the rugs. Still nothing. I took a breather and tried to reason it out. If I had suspected something in the beginning... Where would be the last place I'd look? Something I never use. I didn't have a vacuum cleaner, so that was out. Then I remembered something. Something the girl had said that morning. Do you work nights, Mr. Diamond? I looked up at the big light bulb hanging from the ceiling. A little lost weekend, but it was worth a try. I walked over and snapped on the light switch. Ah, score for Diamond. With the light on... The bowl became transparent, and lying at the bottom, I could see the outline of a large bundle. I forgot to smile because the footsteps coming up at the hall sounded like company. I turned off the light, went over to my desk, and sat on with a very comfortable thirty-eight between my legs. Well, good afternoon, rocker boy. Did you forget your bucket of blood? I forgot something, sure, funny man. I forgot to leave you dead. Don't look so unhappy you tried. I've been getting a big run around all day. So I brought me something to slow things down. You want to see it or do I keep it in my pocket? Well, if it's a mouse, I'll scream. In this pocket, I got six ways to kill a louse. If you ain't seen a louse, just grab a mirror. Oh, by George, my George, that was a good one. What's the matter? Was the deposit box empty? Oh, you know about that, do you? I figured you was working with a dame. Well, uh, you got a silent partner now. You're right. Last time I saw her, she was speechless. I'm going to do the same for you, funny man, but I make a deal. You say no or even maybe, and I'll kill you where you sit. You say okay, and I'll let you keep going till you choke on one of your jokes. You tell me if I'm right, and I'll give you a quick answer. You've been after Billy Crump ever since the shipyard robbery because he got away with the money. You finally found his wife, and she got scared. She bought two tickets to Mexico. I'm going to do it. Great. You tell a good story. When Mrs. Crump saw all that lovely cabbage, she got greedy. She got a hold of you and made a deal. Yeah, she was a pretty smart chicken. I knock off her husband, Billy, and she splits the dough with me. And if I guess right, at 11 o'clock this morning, while you were killing Billy Crump, she was grabbing the 200,000. So that's how it goes. But after we rubbed out Billy, she called and said the dough was planted with you. She wanted the dough herself. She used me to lead you to the subway. Right. Where were you? Upstairs. I figured something was up. Well, nice little plot. You kill her husband, the cops kill you and your torpedo, and bless her little heart, she winds up with a pot of gold. Now, she winds up dead. The dough wasn't in the box, so she planted it somewhere. We saw her coming in here after we worked you over. Now, I think she stashed the bundle here while you was out cold. So, uh, do I get it, or do you die? What are you gonna do about that big, bad policeman outside the door? I'm gonna laugh at him, because he ain't there. Walt, stop snooping. Come on in. Hi. Well, what do you know? You wasn't kidding. This might mean a promotion, Purcell. You want to turn around and be a good boy, or do you want it the hard way? I stay the way I am. You're in a tough spot, Mr. Copper. If this funny man's a friend of yours, he's going to get it the minute you try your luck. Rick? Yeah, Walt? He's got a point. I might be lucky and get him just right, but it's a long shot, and if I miss, he'll pull the trigger on you. You're pretty smart for a copper. Walt? Yeah? The way it looks, we could be here all night unless somebody gets shot. That's the way it looks. What do you think, Purcell? Like I said, the cop guns me, I gun you. (laughs) Silly, ain't it? Be a lot sillier if I had a gun. Funny, man, that would be a riot. Well, start laughing, (laughs) Powell. Ah, you sure ruined that desk. Ah, I couldn't help it. Had the gun between my knees. I I move, he shoots. Had to try it right through the desk. What are you sweating for? Me? I could use you for a shower. How's Purcell? Unhappy. How about it, Purcell? I ain't giving odds. Hey, funny man, you know something? You ain't so (laughs) funny. Uh, get the phone, Walt. Yeah? Lieutenant? Oh, no. Yeah? Uh, I found the box. The crump dame was in the bank at 11 o'clock this morning. I found it pretty quick, huh? Hooray for you. Wait a minute. Rick, you were right about the... Hey, where did he go? Who, oh, Lieutenant? King Kong. Now you get your big fat head over here. Lieutenant. What is it? Okay, if I turn on the siren. Oh. Here's
3: the
1: iodine and bandages,
4: Miss Helen. Oh, thank you, Francis. Stop squirming, Rick.
2: Oh, honey, I know what's coming when I leave here. I'm going to look like an advertisement for a snappy funeral.
4: You baby. It's just a little iodine and bandages. Oh,
2: get her. You use enough iodine to stain an elephant. And so much bandage, you could roll up a herd of mummies.
4: All right, then get infected.
2: I am infected.
4: Now, Rick, stop
2: Come that. Here Come here, <laughs> I've had a tough day. I've been beat up, shot at, and been insulted by Sergeant Otis. I, I need some relaxation. I want to play.
4: Uh, should I leave, miss? You stay right where you are. I think there's a wolf loose.
2: Uh, Frances.
4: Yes, Mr. Diamond?
2: Have you studied your lessons on how to be a private detective?
4: Oh, yes, sir. I'm up to Chapter 8.
2: But have you read Chapter 8 yet? Uh,
4: Well, no, sir. Oh,
2: that's too bad. I was going to give you some first-hand advice on that chapter tonight.
4: Oh, oh, Oh. I'll go read it right away, sir. Uh, May I, Miss Helen? Go ahead, Frances. I can't win. Oh, this will be jolly. Now, come here, you... But Rick, stop it.
2: Get away from that piano.
4: No! You are my sunshine, my oh, only sunshine. No. You make oh, come me on, happy. Come on, oh, come well, on. you know what they say about music soothing a savage beast. Oh. You don't like it, you sing something. Oh,
2: what for? You don't even look a little wild.
4: Sing something, I'll get as wild as you want.
2: Oh, now there's a statement. Go on. All right. Little girl You're the one girl for me (laughs) Little girl You're as sweet as can be (laughs) Just a glance at you Meant
1: love from the start
2: And oh, what a thrill Came
1: into
2: my heart Little
3: girl With your cute
2: ways I am yours for the rest of my days, and this great big world will be divine. Little girl, when you're mine, oh,
3: mine. Okay,
2: honey, now, now get wild. Uh. Come here, ah, a little wilder. Mm-hmm. There <coughs> you go.
4: <laughs> and time, um, I'd like to ask your opinion. It isn't Chapter Eight that Hamas must... Oh, oh. <laughs> well, look at that. And I'm not blushing. <laughs> oh, I must be getting used to it. <laughs>
1: You have just heard Richard Diamond, Private Detective, starring Dick Powell. Ellen was played by Virginia Gregg. Lieutenant Levinson by Ed Begley. Also in our cast were Wilms Herbert, Gene Bates, Robert Carroll, and Ted DeCorsia. Music was under the direction of Frank Worth. Richard Diamond is written by Blake Edwards and directed by Richard Sandville. Now here is Dick Powell.
2: Uh, say, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you've been enjoying our show, and I sure hope you have... Be sure to listen on Monday evenings beginning October 3rd instead of Saturdays. Did you get that? Beginning October 3rd, we will be heard on Mondays instead of Saturdays. And check your local paper for the exact time.
1: Dick Powell soon will be seen in the screen version of the best selling novel, Mrs. Mike. The Judy Canova Show returns to most of these NBC stations next Saturday in this time period. Richard Darman, private detective, moves to Monday evenings beginning October 3rd. Next week, tune in at this same time for The Judy Canova Show and hear Richard Darman, private detective, Monday nights beginning October 3rd. You're tuned for the stars on NBC.
4: This is Andrew J. Graham, author of the Web Surface series, oh, and a Madam's Wife. You're listening to the great detectives of old time radio.
0: Welcome back. Well, the uh, producer really does seem to want to have a bit of a variety of tone in the episodes it presents, uh, which I I think that when you listen to the start of the episode, uh, that whole opening monologue set up the tone that we weren't going to have quite as much of a comedic tone as had been in the previous couple of weeks' episodes. I think uh, with Richard Diamond, there's a greater sense of surprise about what's going to be on on from from week to week than uh, any other detective show that we played. All right, well, now we turn to listener comments and feedback. Uh, now, uh, our first email we have is from Andrew, who says, um, regarding the Van Dyke seance... Uh, c- case says just listen to this at uh episode did you pick up that uh peggy weber played both the medium's assistant and the niece i think she may have done the aunt as well i do recall hearing her do all three female characters on one program but i wasn't paying enough attention uh, f- uh uh to the aunt that when she appeared to identify the voice, keep up the good work uh thanks so much, Andrew. I don't know quite for sure how that does break down uh actually, the only two female names in the credits were Peggy Weber and Virginia Gregg. Both of these uh, women were incredibly flexible voice actresses, and it wasn't unheard of for either of them to do three uh, characters in the same uh, program, so it's hard to tell again with The Ant being on for such a brief time. All right, well, that will do it for today. Join us back here tomorrow for Boston Blackie. Next Wednesday, another episode of Richard Diamond. And then, a week from Tuesday, it's the private files of uh, Rex Sonder. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash Detectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.